Life is better connected just isn't a tagline for our church, but it really is one of our core values that uh, we want people to be able to grow in their faith, grow in relationships with others, and that really doesn't completely happen on a Sunday morning. Uh, We wish that was the case, but the reality is there needs to be, yes, sitting in rows in our lives, but there also needs to be sitting in circles. And so we try to be a church not with community groups or not with groups. We try to be a church of groups, and that's, that's a significant and different way of, of operating. So for us, that's really important. In your program this morning, there should have been an insert that listed, I believe it's 11 community groups, and there's a possibility of a 12th one. Um, They range all over the place. There are message-based ones. Uh, The Community Bible Study on Monday is offering three venues for that, and they're covering 1st and 2nd Timothy, Galatians, and Philemon, and the Johns, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and Jude uh, over the year. Uh, So that is really a powerful thing to be a part of. Uh, There's also something new on Thursday nights called Foundations. And uh, it's, there are four courses for this, and the first course is going to be uh, coming up this fall, and it's nine weeks, and it's going to cover the Bible, what's the Bible, where did it come from, all of those kinds of things, uh, a little bit about who God is, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and we'll cover those uh, deeper, fuller, what, what is all that about. And then, um, obviously, uh, there's the other message-based groups that uh, just uh, come off the, off the message. So, and then on Friday morning, for men, there is a, a book we're reading together, Believing God is Good When Life is Not, Hope in the Dark. And so, again, this is, these are all uh, ways to take another step, and uh, we hope you're ready for something more. We hope you want to grow that way in your life. So uh, we really try to emphasize that. So I hope you uh, take a look at that. Uh, Think about that. We're not trying to twist your arm. Well, yes, we are. No, we're, we, we really want you to really consider that because we really feel that is a part of our spiritual growth. And as a church, we want to make a difference in people's lives by helping you grow in your relationship with God through Christ. And this is a part of that. And we think it's not completely happening if you're not a part of a group. So please uh, consider that and see how uh, you can. Last week, we talked about the urgent squeezing out the uh, important, and these are. this is one of those things that uh, we really believe is important, so I, I challenge you, encourage you not to let your, the urgent things in life, uh, the busy things in life, uh, squeeze that out. Well, this obviously has been an interesting week. We've watched uh, Hurricane Florence, and uh, those of us have been really thinking about that. Many of us have family uh, down in that area. Um, Also, uh, sometimes we're focusing on that, and we we don't realize that in the Philippines, they've experienced a major typhoon, and it's devastating here. But uh, in those places, the, the resources are not the same. The responses are not the same. So we just don't think about those suffering in our country. We think about those around the world. Uh, so we thought it would be uh, very appropriate for us to pray for that, pray for all the things that are uh, continue to come online in the fall, and uh, just ask God to use those. So would you pray with me? Grace Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you that we can be here. Uh, I thank you that uh, we can lean in and uh, sing about who you are. And for some of us, uh, that, that's a new experience. Singing, it's a new experience, the, the ideas and the concepts and the message of those songs. And we just ask that it wouldn't just be an external thing, but it would be something that's uh, actually taking place in our, in our hearts. So we thank you for that. Uh, we thank you for week after week, the teams that uh, lead us in that singing. 
and then the group that uh, runs the sound booth and, and the video, and uh, those right now that are, are taking care of our children. And, and they're just not taking care of our children, they're trying to invest in them. So we thank you for KidZone, and we thank you for just uh, Rachel and her team as we get moving in that direction. Uh, we also think of Awana starting uh, this week, and we just continue to ask that uh, you would use uh, that group that night to really impact not just uh, kids in our church, but uh, kids outside uh, the sphere of our church, in a sense. And we just ask you to really use it. We pray for Eric and Megan and the team there also. And then we think of youth group tonight into their second week, and we just thank you for them. We thank you for Danny and Michelle and Kara and I believe Jason and a number of others who are trying to, again, invest in our students. Our desire really is to have our kids not graduate from high school and graduate from their relationship with you, in a sense, their connection with a community of faith. So help us do a great job at that. We also think of community groups kicking off in different various forms, and we just ask that you really would use those. Uh, help us to, to find a place that we do feel like we belong and we connect relationally and also spiritually with you. And we just uh, thank you for that. We think of uh, people waking up in North Carolina a few hours ago and just facing craziness in their life. Uh, we think of churches that don't have buildings to meet in, people that don't have homes to, to be in, no electricity. The list just goes on and on. The losses of, of lives, uh, tragedy. And uh, we pray for Samaritan's Purse as we see those pictures of them already moving into the area. Uh, so, Lord, we just ask that uh, this rain would wrap up quickly, would move out of the area uh, faster than it's going. Uh, you know, we just, we just ask that you would help those that know you to really be able to step in and point to you as they, in a sense, really get their hands dirty and care for the basic needs of humanity. And we also pray for the Philippines and other places around our world that are uh, experiencing uh, crazy weather things are experiencing war and, and terrorism just on the front lines of that. We pray for our service personnel today uh, all over the world, and we just ask that you would watch over them. We also think of our missionary, Joni Hall, who uh, had surgery this week, and she's doing well, but we pray that you continue to uh, heal her and uh, get her back to the place where she can go do what she loves, and we thank you that she's a, a difference maker partner for us. Lord, as we continue on this morning, we just ask that we be aware of your presence. Again, for some of us, we don't even really know what that means, but we just ask that uh, we would know that you're showing up in this place, in our hearts, and as we leave this place, uh, we will, in a sense, make a difference as we touch other people's lives. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're brought here today by the love that Sarah and Davis have for each other. I can't believe I get to marry him. We're perfectly compatible in every way. Yeah, she just gets me, man. Someone to talk to all night long. Someone to talk to all night long. Early morning jogs. Sleeping in late. We'll spend the holidays with my parents. We'll spend the holidays with my parents. We'll have one well-behaved daughter. We'll have four or five little dudes running around. He'll help me pay off my debt. I should probably tell her about all my debt. Is that important? We'll share a bank account. Obviously, we're gonna share a Facebook account. <laughs> Do I need a friend my in-laws? 
someone to do my laundry. Someone to do my laundry. Double income. Stay at home dad. Meal planning, of course. Take out. The city. The burbs. Mission trip. Ski trip. Blue. Red. Cat. Dog. Fries. Rings. Potato. Potato. Minivan. Motorcycle. Two words. Finished basement. Two words. Man cave. Ah, uh, he's so smart. Do you think that birds wish that they had hands? We're going to be so happy. We'll be so happy. I'm gonna crush it at being a husband. Somebody's gonna get crushed. <laughs> this morning, uh, we begin our new series for three weeks, In the Ring, Fighting for Your Marriage. And from the beginning, from the get-go, I've really tried to emphasize the fact that no matter where you are in your relational status, I believe that there's something in this series for all of us. And uh, as we look through what the expectations are for our lives, and, and if we've been, you know, been married and it didn't go so well, uh, we're hoping to get married, we are married and it's wonderful, or we are married and it's maybe not so wonderful, uh, well, whatever that may be, that as we, as we look at these three weeks, that we'll walk away with a better understanding of, of men and women and, and a better understanding of ourselves and how all of this, uh, this can, can work together. Uh, this morning, if you're uh, visiting with us on YouTube or listening on SoundCloud or on a CD, I just want to say to you folks, uh, it's great that you're with us, but I also want to say you're missing out on ice cream and coffee today, so uh, be sure to check us out in person as, as the weeks go on. So as we talk about this uh, subject this morning, we're going to really talk about this idea of expectations and how they affect our relationships, because the reality is most issues in relationships and marriage come from when my expectations are not met. And that's true, obviously, in marriage. And when we're in marriage, we're kind of stuck in that place. But it even comes true with our relationships with other people. We have expectations for them. They have expectations for us. Uh, it comes to our relationship with a church, with an assembly of Christ followers, with a, a faith community. We have, we have these expectations. And when those expectations don't uh, come together, it creates all kinds of uh, difficulties in issues. Sometimes they're right out front in our face. Sometimes they're way in the back. We don't communicate them, but they are there. And we've all been in those situations. And some of us husbands have been in this same kind of situation uh, this man finds himself in. There it is. Okay. This is my anniversary gift? Yep. A vacuum cleaner? Dual bag. This is the best vacuum cleaner you'll ever have, baby. Get in there. What? <laughs> Not a big fan of that look. I got gotcha. you. They get sent here by their wives and girlfriends. Fold. Yeah, but I don't deserve to be here. I didn't do anything. Every man in the doghouse thinks he's innocent. Isn't that right, boys? <laughs> Look, all, all I know is that I got my wife this really nice gift, and then now I'm here. What'd you get her? 
That's brand new dual bag vacuum cleaner, actually. Yeah, that boys can get our vacuum cleaner. You're a fool, man. <laughs> oh, there's dual bag. <laughs> and dual bag doesn't know why he's here. <laughs> I realize it's not the most romantic gift, but... <laughs> Any husbands been there? Any of your wives don't know because us husbands wouldn't dare to express that. <laughs> Expectations. Cindy and I were married, and we were at our reception, and uh, it was time for the cake moment, you know, and the bride cuts, you know, and all that stuff, and uh, it was time for me to take my cake and uh, feed it to my new bride. And I tell you, you know, I was 22, my buddies were there, my chiefs, do it, do it, do it, and, you know, and I'm like, oh, and I just nicely gave her the cake. A year later, we're eating that frozen, disgusting cake that we saved from our wedding cake. We've gotten it out of the freezer. It's just Cindy and I, and, uh, you know, I'm like, man, this is time. This is payback day. We've been married a year. She can take it. And she fed me my cake, you know, little candles around the table and our little house, little apartment thing. And, and when it was my time, I just took it and whoom! It was no party that night, tell you. <laughs> there were actually tears. You see, expectations. Expectations. Boo on me, right? Oh, right. My tears were longer. Hers were immediately. <laughs> She was picking cake out of her eyes. But anyway, I was great, man. I wish we had videotaped. Oh, no, we don't. Sorry. So anyway, expectations. We're all there. We all can think of those stories. And we go, where do those expectations come from? Where does that gap start? And uh, how does that even happen? Well, well I, have to, I have to be honest. Uh, my, my expectations are my thinking that this was, this was actually okay and this was fun was because, you know, I like to be the life of the party. You probably can't imagine that about me. So I like to do those things. I like to, and, and I thought I had been such a good boy a year earlier restraining myself and not doing the cake thing. I mean, they had signs. They were like, you know, you know it was like 20 guys over here. They were just like, you know, do it, and I, and I didn't do it. So I thought it was time, and, and I took some of my self-worth from being that kind of person, so I, I wanted to, you know, just, just do it like that. You know, where does, where does that come from? And this may seem a little harsh to some of us. This may seem, uh, you know, a little bit overplayed, but, but really it comes from within side. And really when it comes down to those expectations and those gaps, uh, some of them are, are, are pretty innocent, but some of them aren't. Some of them are a reflection of something that goes on in our heart, what we expect, the way, the way we want it. And again, this, this isn't just in marriage. This is in, in friendships, and this is in churches, and this is in all kinds of relationships. Sometimes even your employment relationship, you have different expectations. But, but where does a lot of the quarreling and the heartache and all of that come from? It comes from inside. James writes this, where do you think all these appalling, now it may sound terrible, but it was appalling that night. It felt like a war when I stuck that cake in her face. And quarrels come from, do you think they just happen? Do they just, just happen out there? No, no, they come from someplace. They come from within our heart. They come with inside. They come about because you want, I want, you want your own way, and you fight for it deep inside yourselves. Just think about that for a moment. 
Maybe not all of them, but there's got to be a few of them that a few of your expectations in a relationship has come about because you in your heart have decided the way you want it or what you want, and you're going for it. You're, you're, you're holding on to it. You, you want your way. I want my way. I want to be known as the happy guy, the funny guy. I want to be able to tell a joke about, yeah, we had our anniversary. The cake was terrible, but I really got Cindy, uh, you know, but I, I couldn't tell that story anymore. You know, I have told the story. But anyway, uh, you, know, you know, you want it your way, and it comes from deep inside you. And it comes in from deep inside us as we, as we think about these, these gaps that materialize because of these expectations. You know, how many times do I go into a relationship and I'm looking at the relationship of what I'm ultimately this person's going to do for me rather than what I'm going to do for them? I mean, I hate to say this, when, when, when Cindy caught my eye, I thought, wow, she would make someday a great wife. She'd be great for me. I wasn't thinking, well, there's Cindy. I want to be great for her. The first response is how she can be great for me. And that, that's from deep inside. We usually didn't start at that place. Oh, we could be great together. She could be, it's, 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 the, it's opposite because it's, it's the way the way I want. You see, what most people do when there's an ex, ex, um, expectation gap is, is they, do, they do a number of things. The most extreme thing they do is, is they leave. And some of us have experienced that in marriage relationships. I can remember as a, as a teenage boy, may, maybe even like 10 or 12, when my Uncle Jim, my great-uncle Jim, left my Aunt Retha. And they had been married 32 years, and she had, she had done her thing, he had done his thing, and, you know, not to get into all the details, he, he was just done. And one day she came home, and he was gone. The stuff he wanted was gone. And he packed up his car, and he had moved from Alabama back up to New England, and that's where he was going to be. And uh, it was because of years and years of expectations, this gap under, sometimes it would bubble up, but this gap was always there. And we, we just couldn't believe it. We loved going to Uncle Jim and Aunt Retha's house. Now, she was very successful. He was very successful in the steel industry. But it was just this expectation. And, and, and she wanted it her way. He wanted it his way, but never said what that was. And it just went on and on and on. And after 32 years, the gap was just too far in their minds. So sometimes we leave. Uh, sometimes we leave emotionally. We, we can be engaged. We can, we can you know, have a relationship. We can be married. We can leave emotionally. We're like, this is what it's going to be. It kind of stinks. It's not as great as I thought it was going to be, but I'm there. And so we disconnect almost as a protection device. We leave emotionally. Sometimes it happens with, at work. Sometimes it happens at church. Sometimes it happens with friendships. Uh, they, they've, they haven't met our expectations, and, and we, we're surprised, and it seemed pretty reasonable, and we're still friendly with them, but the friendship isn't what it used to be. We've left emotionally. So, so when there's a gap, we can leave. Uh, sometimes uh, we win. It's all about winning. 
It's all about, in a sense, getting our way. I've shared with my good friend Dave Lobley. Uh, we were good friends, uh, five years old, and uh, I got used to get him, talk him into doing all kinds of things. I had a stronger personality, and I, I would win. And it wasn't until we were a few years into college that one day he said, Dave, I don't think I'm going to do that. I'm like, come on, Dave, do that. He's, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. We're not, I'm not doing that. I'm like, come on. He goes, Dave, you talked me into doing everything. And he was right. I would talk him into everything. See, sometimes it's, it's we win. And the person that wins feels really good, and the other person doesn't feel too good. I remember Cindy and I were married, I don't know, four, four or five years, and, and I wanted this. This is a GT Ford Escort, 1992. It was two years old. It was this color. It was, it was, it was fast. I remember taking my dad for, my father-in-law for a ride, and I really liked, you know, going fast and throwing him back in his seat. He's like, whoa, son, you know. But uh, this car, I wanted it. I wanted it, and I, I told Cindy all the reasons we ought to get it. It was newer, you know, not going to have breakdowns. Theory, it got better gas if you didn't drive it fast. It was just, just all these great things, and, and finally, you know, she, she backed off. It was a bad idea, and I bought it, and she, we got it, and, you know, and all that kind of thing. See, it was about winning. She had an expectation we don't need that. I had an expectation I want that car, and, and I was just the stronger personality, so I won. Uh, but the reality was over time, it's not that she may be quote-unquote pay for it, but over time, I, it wasn't winning. I think we only had it maybe two years, and I got rid of it. But when, when we do that, uh, there's kind of like four C's. Uh, Andy Stanley talks about these four, four C's that kind of, in a sense, come out. It's this idea that we try to convince the other person. We're just on it, on it, on it, on it, and, and we're used to winning, so we win. And we're, we're good at convincing, and the other person just backs off, and you win. But you're really not winning. Your expectations are being met, but, but you're, you're the only one. And eventually that comes back. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, we try to convict someone. We try to guilt them into it. Come on, Cindy, you know, your car, she had a 1992 Geo Prism. It was a very sweet car, yeah, but it was brand new, so you laugh, but it was, it was nice, you know, it, you know, 40, 36 miles a gallon, all that stuff, so, you know, I, I don't remember what I was driving, but it wasn't a, a GT Ford, you know, and so why can't I get, oh, yeah, and, you know, and all that kind of stuff, and, uh, uh, you know, you, you, you make someone feel guilty, because you're, you're about winning, and then you put, sprinkle a little control in there, and you're, you're getting your way, and you win, and then going along with that is, you know, you just coerce the other person. And uh, the expectation's out there. You have the expectation, and you win. But the reality is uh, you're not winning. Go back to my Jim, Uncle Jim and Aunt Retha. Uh, Aunt Retha, in theory, and, I, you know, I only kind of know one side in a sense, but it seemed like Aunt Retha was winning all the time. And Uncle Jim finally said, okay, you can win. You can win by yourself. And that was, you know, 32 years later. Um, so we coerce. So this idea when we have this expectation gap, when it's out there, um, you know, you know we, we either leave, we win, or, you know, we, we compromise. 
Um, some of us are in relationships where we compromise all the time, and, and they compromise, and, uh, you know, we come together, and they do this, I do this, uh, it's your turn, it's my turn, and, uh, and we kind of settle into that, and maybe we learned that from our parents, and we saw them compromise, and they really weren't uh, unhappy, but they really weren't happy, but, uh, you know, they, they were committed to marriage, and uh, they've been married 40, 30, 40, 50 years, and, and, and they're committed to marriage, and, and that seems wonderful. They, their marriage has been a marriage of compromise uh, when it comes to their expectation, and when, when, when there's a compromise relationship, uh, there's a, a low-grade fever of trust problems, you, you really don't totally trust the other person because you're always wondering when they're going to get the upper hand, when they're going to get a little, when the, when the my way, your way needle starts to stay over that side a little bit more. I got to make sure I get a big win so it kind of balances out. And a, and, and a marriage of compromise isn't, isn't really a, is it, 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 it can work, it can last, but, but it's just it's not fun. I, I sometimes, when I'm doing premarital counseling, you know, you know, and we're trying to talk through some of how you navigate through all of this. You know, and I said, it, to, me, to me, it's a shame when I meet a couple who, uh, you know, say, yeah, we're, we're, we're committed to marriage. We've been married 45 years. It's been tough. It's been good, but it, it's been tough. But we're, and you're like, don't you guys still love each other? Or, you know, is this just like a business deal? What, what, what's going on here? I, you know, as, as a new married person, when I, when I was, I, I didn't want a marriage like that. I, what, what's the point? I don't want to comp- I want to be in love and growing love. I, I want to not just compromise. I want it to be more. And, and I think there is a better way. It doesn't have to be the extreme of leaving. It doesn't have to be the extreme of one person seeming to win all the time. And it doesn't have to be settling for just compromise. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just not the way to go. And, and sometimes we have friendship relationships like that, that they're, they're just a relationship marked by compromise. And if, if the needle goes farther one way or the other way, especially when it comes to uh, just a friendship relationship, uh, the relationship's over. It just goes, grows real cold, real fast, because compromise isn't over. I, I want it to be something more. Uh, there's a better way. Well, I think God has some things, obviously, to say about closing the gap or what God says to do when it comes to an expectation gap. What, what, what do we do with that? What do we do when I have an expectation and, and uh, Cindy has an expectation and, and sometimes, uh, well, Cindy's expectations always are correct. Well, sometimes mine are okay. And uh, so what happens when hers is correct and, and mine is good, but there's still different expectations? How, what, what, do we, what do we do with that gap? Uh, do we uh, go into the win mode? Do we go into the compromise? Well, it's your turn, you know, last time you chose, now this time it's my turn to choose or, or vice versa. What do we do? Well, Ephesians 5.22 gives us a little bit more information on how to do that as we, in a sense, enter the ring. And uh, Ephesians 5.22, uh, some of you are familiar with this verse. It's one of the verses uh, that keeps you from not really liking church or, or liking even Christians. But uh, Ephesians 5.22 goes this way. So let's look at this, page 816 in that Bible. It is, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. And some of you are going, man, is there a way I can get out of here? That, I, you know, wait till you, my husband doesn't deserve any of that stuff, you know. What is up with that? And uh, what is that verse all about? And, and what's interesting is 
in Paul's day, when, when that concept, when, when Paul wrote that, it wasn't like all the women, all the wives were going, ooh, that's unbelievable. I can't, that's so offensive because that's the world they lived in. They had a, men had a legal right over women, over their, their kids. They, in a sense, owned them. So when Paul writes this and they get the letter in Ephesus and they're reading it and they go, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. They're not, they're, that first part, there's no hang up there because that, that was expected. That was, that was the reality. That, that, was, that was the culture of, of what was going on. Now, before we get into all of this, I do want to say a couple things. First of all, what's interesting about this verse is if you went back to the original uh, or the, uh, most, the oldest manuscripts and you found this word in the Greek, you would see it is written this way. It is written, wives to your own husbands as the Lord. And you go, what happened to the verb? I like that verb. Maybe you can just plug in any verb you want into that verb, but that's not the case. Something is going on here. So if you went back and, and translated from, uh, you know, the oldest manuscripts in Greek word for word, that's what you would get. A submission wouldn't be there. Now, now, before we give you the little answer to what's going on there, I want to say this, that when we think of submission, uh, you know, and the power of that and what that means and the offense of that, uh, we got to remember exactly what, what that word means and, and what, what submission means. Uh, I have a, a Bible program that actually uh, shows how to translate uh, original language, Greek, into the cultural language that you're in, and it's called the, the Translator's Bible. So it, it helps you. It will actually say, if the culture's like this, you ought to use this word, you ought to send this message and this kind of thing. And, you know, it's, it's way beyond my pay grade, but I do every once in a while read it and, and figure out some things. So th this is how they say this word submission, which isn't in verse 22. They say, I say how, how in the world do you translate that? And this is, this is what they say. Be willing to accept orders from one another. Interesting. Interesting. So that's what that word, be willing to accept orders from one another. Uh, occasionally, I'm in a meeting, and, uh, and we're dealing with a relational thing, and there, there's someone that just, just, just doesn't even seem to, to listen, and, and I'll, I'll say to them, or I'll say, you know, we all have to submit to somebody. And if you're in a place where you're not submitting to anybody, something's off in your life. Because all of us are answerable to someone. Automatically, we're answerable to God. But even in our everyday life, and that, that's, a, that's a skill, no matter who you are, no matter how important you are, no matter what power you are, no matter how much money you have, no matter, you know, if you're the man... You, you, have to, you have to learn to submit. It, it needs to be a part of your operating system. It shouldn't be a skill that does not exist in your life. All of us have to accept orders from another. Another way they say to, to, to translate it is uh, willingly accept what others say you should do. So there's this idea that that needs to be a part of all of us. None of us are above the place of following someone else's lead, about submitting to somebody else. And if we think we are, there's a, there's, a, there's a huge hiccup in our life. If we say, well, it's just God, 
Or, yeah, I'm submissive to other people, but then we can't look at our life and say, even find an instance in the last year where we've said no to ourselves because someone has said no to us. Then we need to ask, well, maybe I'm a, you know, I'm a, a verbal person that says, yeah, I'll submit, but the reality is I, is I never do. I never do what anybody tells me. And, uh, you know, that, that, that's a problem. So anyway, back to Ephesians 5, uh, 20, 22. It's interesting, when, when they translate Greek, when they're in the Greek style of writing, every once in a while, they don't put the verb in, and what that means is you need to refer back to the previous thought, and you take that verb and put it into the next verse, the next line. So then that means we have to go back to verse 21, which says this, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So anyone who pulls out verse 22 needs to, first of all, go back to verse 21. And they need to say that, that Paul is beginning this section on relationships, on marriage relationships, and he's saying in verse 21, you need to submit to one another and then out of reverence, out of respect for Christ, and he's going to unpack that as he goes on, and then he brings it up again, and then he says, verse again, verse 22, which he says, you know, wives, submit to your husbands. It's interesting. Then if you even go back even farther into Ephesians, just a few verses back, you get some other concepts, which lead into verses 21 and 22. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as the unwise, but as the wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Now, the days are evil isn't meaning the world is evil, even though there are pieces of that, and we see that every once in a while. We see that probably too often, but it's talking about the fact that the days are running out. So the days are evil, it's because you don't have an unlimited supply of days. So the days are getting less. So to take opportunities while you have days, because their days are evil, because you're having less and less days. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is, so you use your days wisely. Then it goes on and says, do not get drunk on wine, or we might say, be controlled by anything, which leads to debauchery, instead be filled with the Spirit. So if we look at verses 21 that talks about being submissive to one another and go back a few more verses, we get this idea that you and I need to be very careful. We need to be leverage our days well. We need to be wise with our days because we have less and less days. And also, a part of that being careful is we need to be filled with the Spirit. And so, those of us who are Christ followers need to understand that we need to be aligned with the Spirit of God in our lives. It doesn't mean that we get up in the morning and, in a sense, we get an extra drink, extra cup of Holy Spirit, but it's that we say to God, God, be, be in my life, and we say, i got to submit to you, so I want to follow your lead, so I'm going to be careful with my days because I don't have an unlimited supply of them. I'm going to spend them well. I'm going to budget them. 
and I'm going to be filled with the Spirit. I'm going to let God guide me and direct me. And a couple weeks ago, we, we've talked about uh, the way to do that is to really be immersed in God's Word and hear from God so we can allow Him to guide us so we know what He wants us to do. That's another one, another plug for community groups or groups here. So we are filled with the Spirit, and we're following His lead. Then we go back to verse 21. So be careful Limited supply of days, leverage them well, uh, you know, do what the Lord's will is, be filled with the Spirit, and then we jump over to 21, and then it starts with, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do the Lord. Wives listening to this back in Ephesus go, tell me something I don't know. This is the world I live in. And then it goes on, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. The body, uh, his body, of which he is Savior. And some of us are going, well, I can feel my blood pressure rising a little bit about that. But then we read on, and we say, now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Oh, we go, what's that all about? And then we read, husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for him. Now, in Ephesus, when this was read, that's where the jaws dropped by the men and the women. Because all of a sudden, we hear husband's love, and this is an unconditional love. This is a costly love. Love your wives just as Christ loved the church. First century Christians, they know really well that how did Christ love the church? He died. Not pleasantly. He died horribly. He bled. He, 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 was, he, he died for the church and gave himself up for her. So this is what's revolutionized, revolutionary in this passage. This is what the readers first reading go, what? Can you believe this? The ladies are going, this is fantastic. This is, this is, this is, this is, this is mutual submission. There are different roles, there are different responsibilities, but, but I'm not owned by my husband. I have value. I have importance. And uh, they're, 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 they're trying to get their minds wrapped around it. I'm sure the men are going, wait a minute, it's, it's, I think we're reading this upside down. Something's wrong here, you know, this can't be right. You know, I love you, but, you know, it's, it's, it's my way or the highway. I'm the husband. Remember, I have this legal right. I own everything. I own our kids. I own you. You know, it's lucky I even, you know, let you do whatever, you know. And, uh, and they're, so they're, 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 that's where it's like, aha. Uh -huh. And then we go back again to this whole idea of what's behind or what's earlier, and we've got this idea of being careful and being filled with the Spirit. Now, when most of us read in the Bible, be careful, we go, okay, be careful. There's no sense of urgency. But every time, and, and I'm, I'm weird this way, that I hear like, be careful, watch out, I think of these kinds of scenes, and I'll just show you there's, there's, there's tons of these scenes, but this is the scene I think of.
What kept you? <laughs> That's so weird. Don't you, you know those scenes where they're trying to pick the wire and they're like, don't touch that. And I don't know if you ever see, you know, they get this little thing, trying, you know, they're being careful. Yeah, no, cut the green wire. You know, it just goes on and on. Be careful. Be careful, be careful, be careful. I think most of us, when we hear be careful, we don't, we're not careful like good old James Bond is being careful. And we're not listening to anyone. And I like how that guy comes in at the last minute. James Bond's got it totally wrong. He's going to rip out all these wires, blow everybody up. And the guy just throws a switch. It, it seemed very easy. And I think for most of us, when we get to the place where we're filled with the Spirit and we're following with his lead, it isn't, it isn't as crazy as we think. There's a lot of times where he can just step in and just flip the switch. But we have to be filled with the Spirit. We have to be ready to listen. So we need to be careful. So when it comes to these relationships, when it comes to expectations, really there's this idea of this submission competition. What, what if a husband and wife looked at it completely different? They said, I am competing. I want to be the most submissive in this relationship. I want to be the one that thinks of you more than you thinking of me. I, I want to be that kind of man. I kind of want to be that kind of woman. Th then the, the expectation, it changes everything. It, it becomes a better way. It's not a relationship of compromise. It's not a relationship of the needle. It's my turn, it's your turn. It's, it's my turn to choose, your turn to choose. I, I'm, I'm watching you because I think you've chosen one more time than I have. It's gone your way. Now it's my turn. So then, it can, so then some really unimportant thing comes your way, and now you make that an issue, and it's going my way this time, and it really doesn't matter, but you just want it to, that little needle to be balanced. This idea of competing to be submissive to one another. You know, going back to the Ephesians, verse 25, again, it says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. That's a completely different way of operating. Um, do we operate that way? I've had to ask myself, I've been married 30 years. Wow, I'm not that old, but I was 10 when I got, no, five when I got married, because even that sounds old, 35, but anyway. But, uh, you know, not, but, uh, you, you know, I, I don't want, personally, I'm just being, I don't want a, another 30 years of compromise. I, I want mutual submission. I want, I, I don't want him to be thinking about that. And, and I, I want to be the husband that, uh, you know, and I, you know, I, it's just weird because I get to say this publicly, most of you guys, I, I really do want to give myself for Cindy. I, I really do want to, uh, get to the next chapter of life and, and can honestly say that uh, I did a few things right in such a way that it, it freed her up to be all she could be so that when she gets to meet Jesus, Jesus says, well done, thy good and faithful servant, and I made it easier for her to get there. I wasn't an obstacle. I wasn't a jerk, so she had to deal with resentment and bitterness and, and selfishness because I was being selfish and she had to let it go. I, I don't want to be that. And, 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 I, and, I, know, and I, I experience it daily. She seems to be, unless she's hiding things, she seems to be trying to do that in my life. 
And that's, that's the way. I don't want to, you know, be, you know, the old person at the party. How many years have you been married? Oh, I've been married 65 years. We've just made it. We've had our bad days. It's give and take. And we're really committed to marriage. How did you make it? You know, I want to be, I want to be in love. I want to be like that couples that, you know, are in a nursing home and one dies and day later the other one goes because they were so connected. Completely different. It's not what I can get from her. Now, it didn't start out that way. I wanted a GT Ford Escort. I wanted some other things. Give himself up for her. And the same way I'm reading this for men, and maybe the reason Paul has to say this is because in that day, women, men weren't doing that. But I think it's a mutuality. In the same way, ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Interesting. Interesting. I translated into uh, English in, in Dave Spencer, you know, happy wife, happy life. You know, you know that's, that's what this verse is saying. When your wife flourishes, you flourish. Absolutely. Think of this. I'm pretty sure you gave me this cold. I can't lay down in bed and pet your back. I have things I have to do. Let me get you some juice. You need Tylenol? I've already felt your head. You don't have a fever. I'm not checking your head again. You're perfectly fine. I will check your head one more time. Yeah, you still don't have a fever. I know that you feel like you're going to die, but you're not going to die. I will dig a hole, kick you into the hole, and cover you up. You just have a cold. I understand that you're achy. I am achy too, I'm doing laundry. No, you do not have the Ebola. I promise you, you do not have the Ebola. No, no, I don't think it's swine flu either. Nope, nope, pretty sure it's just a cold. I don't really have that much empathy because I as well have the exact same cold you do and I am doing laundry and dishes and dealing with the kids. You obviously need more rest due to the fact that you're a big baby man child. Right, I know, I'm a terrible wife, I, I hear ya. Can I go finish what I'm doing? Thank you. You need soup. Of course you need soup. You need chicken soup, obviously. Yes, because you don't. I have your soup. Yes, it's chicken noodle. No, star noodles? Your mom makes chicken soup with star noodles? You're not making chicken noodle soup with stars. You're, you're a grown man. It's too hot? Are you kidding me? You need an ice cube? Mm -hmm. I don't have to say anything else. There's a little truth in that. Sorry, guys, you can beat me up after church. <laughs> There's some truth to that. Submission means this, I will put their needs, wants, expectations above my own. Lots of ways to come up with how you can get yourself out of that. But they, but they, not playing that game right now. I put my expectation, their expectations above my own. I'm trying to figure out how to serve them. Not figuring out ways to get them to serve me. Marriage, friendship, it goes on and on. I like what uh, Paul says in Philippians, talking about relations. He says this. He says, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but the interests, but each of you to the interests of others. That old idea of humility, valuing somebody else, having the power to get your own way, but, but not taking it, to show that you value the other person. 
uh, that you don't only look to your own interests. I mean, Paul understands that we have our own interests, so you're not becoming a doormat here, but you look to your, not only to your own interests, but you also look to the interests of the other person. And I think this gets to be the hardest one. Verse 5 says this, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. If you're a boy, if you're a girl, husband, wife, friends, having the same mindset as Christ Jesus. But you don't know my wife. You don't know my friend. No, that's not, that's not where we're going with this. We're going mindset as Jesus. Think about what Jesus did for you. I think about what Jesus did for me. If I have his mindset, he came and gave himself. He submitted to my needs, and he didn't have to. There was no reason for him to do that, but, but he does that out of his love. Without a Christ mindset, expectations would become a score-keeping game. And uh, it, it, just, it just boils down to there. We start to take inventory of what we've done and what they've not done, and, and all of a sudden the, the needle is, is off, and, and, and it changes everything. I, I, I'm amazed when I watch couples, sometimes it's the husband, sometimes it's the wife, and I watch one of them need unbelievable amounts of service and care. And sometimes you've seen those situations where it goes on for years. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm blown away. And, and they have the mindset of Christ. They are serving. And, and many times, there are, sir, I watched my mother-in-law serve my father-in-law. And uh, when he had Alzheimer's, she served him. And it was not a burden. We as the kids would say, Mom, we need, you know, it was not a burden. we, We couldn't believe it. Again, no scorecard. Without a Christ mindset, expectations keep us from appreciation. We just expect it. If I expect you to act a certain way, if I expect you to, to, to give me whatever I want this time, and then you do, there's no, there's no gratitude with that because that, that, that was normal. That was expected. Uh, it's a little bit like this. I, I know when uh, sometimes when, especially when I was young and I, I thought I did a household chore and I would come up to my dad and I, and I want money for doing it. He'd be like, wait a minute, you live in this house. This is what you do. You, you know, you don't get any bonuses for it. It's just expected. And because it was expected, there was no appreciation for it. There was no green. There was no money. So when you, when you, when you just expect it, you don't appreciate it. Philippians, uh, Eugene Peterson, I love the way he says these because I think the words are so vivid that he, he renders. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. The most powerful principle in any marriage or friendship or relationship is mutual submission. Mutual submission. 
Ephesians 5.22, out of the message, again, I like the freshness of the words. It says it this way. Wives, understand and support your husbands in the ways that show you support Christ. I like the idea of support. The husband provides leadership to his wife. The wife, the way, do, the, the way, the way Christ does to his church, not by domineering, but by cherishing. Husbands, do you cherish your wives? Wives, do you cherish your husbands? But, but guys, do you really cherish your wife? Do, do they know? Do they know that? Do you demonstrate that? Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives. Exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving, not getting. Ooh, see, this is where the wow comes in, in Ephesians 5. It's not wives submit. It, it's, it's, it's husbands love. Show it. Christ's love makes the church whole. In a small way, how do you bring meaning into your spouse's life that brings wholeness to their life rather than tears a piece off or keeps a wound there? Do you bring wholeness? His words invoke beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her. Do you bring the best out of the person you're married to? I've been in some places where <laughs> the person that they're married to, they, they bring out the worst of each other. What would it take for you to bring out the best? What would it take? You see, these expectations create gaps. And we can either leave, we can win, we can compromise, or we can start to get our minds and our heads and our hearts around this concept of mutual submission. And then when we do that, we get to the place when we're not sure of what to say or do, love like God through Christ who loved you. We own that, where somebody does something in the relationship, we're like, whoa, I don't know what to do with that. They're getting more than me. They're getting a bigger chunk of whatever. Not sure of what to say or do, love like God through Christ who loved you. Now, this all starts by having a relationship with Christ. It all starts by admitting that uh, you have a need and having God join. We talked about having the Holy Spirit filled your life, having God connected to your life. It admits that. It believes that Jesus gave his life. We just are modeling that in, in, in the, the husband-wife relationship, in our relationships, others before ourselves. And then we choose to invite him into our lives. And when we do that, we'll find that we start to have access to the resources that help us to navigate these waters. And we go from compromise, we go from winning, we go from the option of living to, to our leaving to, in a sense, really living. 
Would you please close with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we just uh, get caught up in all of this. How many times have uh, I had expectations that have set things into motion when I've come home from a long day uh, that uh, were different than Cindy's expectations? And I didn't come into the house thinking about how I was going to serve her, but how she was going to serve me. Supper, especially. <laughs> Lord, help us with that. How many times has a, a spouse, a wife, thought uh, that her husband needed to meet these expectations and the heaviness of them? They, they were beyond, and, and it's, it's, it's caused a huge gap. How many times in just our friendships, have our ex expectations collided with somebody else's and the friendship that was joyful and enjoyable grew cold very quickly. Lord, help us to get around this idea of mutual submission, putting others first, and may it change and grow our lives in incredible ways. We ask all of this in Jesus' name, amen.